Welcome back to the Inspired Psychology Podcast with your host, me, Tanika. I hope you all are doing well. In this episode, I wanted to recap on some of the books that I really enjoyed over last year. So this episode will kind of be my favorite books of 2023. So um, let's get into it. So I'm going to organize this because obviously I do read a lot, even though I didn't reach my goal last year, I was going to read 100 books, but was a little bit um, unrealistic with my lifestyle because I was very busy. Um, But that's okay. I still read quite a lot. So I read 48, I believe. So that is a lot of books for the average reader. So um, I'm pretty stoked about that still because I was reflecting last night to create the list and I just forgot how much I read and the books that I did read. So um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to get into it and share some books that I really liked. I know everyone reads different kinds of books, uh, especially nowadays within fiction, but these are the ones that I like and you don't have to read them obviously, but if you're interested and you, you sort of have read a lot and you just don't know what to read, that you might find some of these titles that you haven't read yet and might find them interesting. So I have organized them into categories because I do read a lot of different books, um, sometimes all at once because they're different um, genres. So that's my excuse to be able to do that. Very Rory Gilmore-esque. So first of all, let's get into that. Um, So firstly, I'm going to start off with uh, autobiographies and memoirs in a way. So because some of these are memoirs and some I believe are actually written by the by the celebrity so but yeah still autobiographies and memoirs in the same category so first ones first is I believe I actually read this um early last year this was one of my first books that I read within the year so this one was Spare by um Prince Harry and I I really enjoyed it I thought it was interesting to finally get a perspective from him and understand what his experience was like growing up in the royal family and also losing his mum and how that impacted him in so many ways as as I'm sure you guys could imagine. And it kind of gives a a really interesting take on on what really goes on because I know that the book coming out was a massive controversy towards a lot of different um, areas in, in the media and also in the family as well. But I'm, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of one of those people that despite celebrity controversy or whatever's going on, I sort of obviously like to hear things from them because obviously the media and especially the British tabloids, uh, they can be quite brutal. So um, I think that it's really interesting to hear from that person that everyone's talking about and what their experience was like because then it sort of gives you a bit of an understanding and it gives you the ability to sort of empathize with what's actually going on. Um, even if you don't 
agree with anything that they do or you know it's I think it's it's different having an opinion on something um as opposed to having an opinion on something that you've read so (laughs) um that's sort of my perspective on that so I really enjoyed that it was really interesting to read especially his uh his grow his upbringing with his mental health um and how he processed or lack of processing um in his mother's um death and also obviously his grieving so that was really that was really interesting um for me to read and I'm really sort of happy that he was able to release that because obviously not being a part of the monarchy anymore in the title sense uh, means that he's able to actually say what he wants in a way which is something that is important so I really enjoyed that one the next one I read actually towards the end of the year um because it came out sort of later but this one was called The Woman in Me by Britney Spears again this was super interesting. Um, I really enjoyed learning what was going on behind the scenes, obviously, and it just show, it highlights how you can see a celebrity performing and you really don't know what's going on behind the scenes when they get off stage. So this was really interesting, um, very sad, obviously, and it kind of sparked my mind in professionalism uh, because in the book it does – Brittany does talk about how she was um, institutionalized and sent to rehab facilities uh, for taking herbal over-the-counter medicine. Um, And it just makes me wonder how that was able to be, obviously because of the um, control her dad had. It was still bizarre to me as a professional in mental health how someone can come in and you can obviously see that they are well and probably not supposed to be there but obviously it's different if it's private and if there's money involved but it just sort of I guess an Australian um an Australian phrase is you know grinds my gears in a way because seeing someone come in and and the fact that they didn't have any of the presenting issues or behaviors that would told upon arrival or admission and that kind of really makes me upset um in a way because that person didn't really belong there and they should be able to see that but obviously there's more involved higher up and money obviously is a big thing as well so um and the control of the um conservatorship as well so but it still made me really upset especially with the medication Uh, i think britney was on lithium which was used to treat bipolar and other things but she it yeah, just it's just bizarre to me because she didn't need it um by the sounds of it and uh it just makes me a bit confused of and uh, yeah quite um upset with the system um in America with some of that sort of stuff so that was kind of sad but it was I guess it was good for her it was good obviously to see the end of how her fans actually helped her get out um of the conservatorship so if they weren't concerned then who knows she'd probably still be in it now so that was a a good a sad but good uh book towards the end um and the next book I read I believe I read this one shortly after actually as well so I've I've sort of 
unconsciously put these in order, which is good. Um, so another memoir is called Paris the Memoir by Paris Hilton. And this one was really sort of shocking to me because obviously growing up, seeing Paris Hilton around um, in the magazines and all that sort of stuff, you would have no idea what she's actually gone through. And I think it was really horrendous um, in the boarding schools that she was um, put in and what they were able to get get away with and the lives that they've um, damaged and also um, unfortunately lives that were lost based on how these children were treated. Um, and it was interesting that she went through her experience with ADHD and the fact that she didn't know she had ADHD for a long time, which made a lot of sense with her behavior as a, as a teen as well. So she sort of self, um, she found ways to combat her ADHD or more so reinforce it or just keep it at bay. But she just had ways to cope with that. And yeah, but I really did find her story fascinating with, especially with her experiences in certain, um, boarding schools and how she overcame the challenges while she was in there because a lot of it was um, somewhat indoctrination and a lot of manipulation happening and she managed to find a way to remain herself and have freedom of thought whilst being in that environment obviously a lot of stress and um, abuse happening as well so I just really commend her for that because that's really interesting how when we're faced with tragedy how we respond especially in those really severe environments because more times than not we just black out and not um, you know sometimes our brain just can't handle it and it just protects us by shutting everything off so um, she said that she did rely a lot on God in those moments I think her faith actually helped her through that which was really interesting so um yeah I really liked that book um and it was it was yeah again it was so nice to refreshing to see the reality behind a celebrity's life despite how much money they have so um oh another celebrity here (laughs) um this one is called Pretty Boys Are Poisonous by Megan Fox so um I also I really like this one because it's a it's a poetry book but it's sort of a memoir but I guess poetry can be cathartic in that way so um, I really enjoyed reading her turning her experiences into an art form and she's a beautiful writer so it's very confronting in some ways but the poetry is obviously written emotion in a way so I really enjoy this and I think Megan Fox is is quite creative in that sense so it was good for her obviously I think she said in an interview that it was good for her to release a lot of the stress and experiences that she's had in her writing. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Sort of a quicker read, but you definitely go through a lot of emotions reading that. So that was really good. Um, Changing the sort of storyline here with the next book. So this one was called um, While Time Remains by Yomni Park. So I think I've mentioned Yomni Park's first book, In Order to Live, quite a few times on this podcast in some episodes because I just I found it really life-changing and my brain hasn't been the same since so it sort of opened my mind up of a lot of things and this one sort of was I believe very fitting for 
the time that I've read it and also seeing what the world has become now, um, given our political stances on things. So um, it was almost like a predictor thing that she wrote. It was like a prediction of what the world could look like if certain things happened the way that she had experienced in her um, upbringing in North Korea. So it's very... um, it's very interesting uh, seeing her perspective coming from where she did into America and how she was able to see similarities, which is really scary. So obviously to not extremes, but she was able to see how power can be used uh, for not good. (laughs) So I think that was I think that was really interesting and I really liked it and it was obviously interesting and I think Jordan Peterson actually did the foreword for that so that was really cool. Um, So I really liked that one. The next one is called China Baby Love by Jane uh, Hutchin. I think that's the name. I can't – I don't know if that's right. But she actually is a – it goes through the story of a grandmother's journey to saving – Chinese children lives in an orphanage so they developed this um, organization and this charity this charity and it was um, interesting the in the time because I think it was early it wasn't it wasn't very long ago that they started it but it was interesting how again the political weight of China and how the unfortunate lives of children were um, impacted with that. So this was a really beautiful um, book and I really loved it. And it's actually really cool because this is written by an Australian, um, it's an Australian grandmother's journey. So, uh, and I actually have the grace and um, gratitude of knowing someone who actually helps out with this organization. And I hope to one day, get involved myself because I ever since reading this but more so talking to one of the lovely ladies who I know who's really special to me um talk about their experience and in, in adoption as well so people can um adopt and support children over in China who um a lot of them have disabilities and disadvantages and unfortunately end up in an orphanage but this this orphanage in particular has actually changed a lot of their lives and given them opportunities because I think there's a school attached to it now. So there's this educational program as well, um, which is just absolutely amazing. So I was really moved by that and I and I just love that maybe one day I'm able to help out as well and learn more about it. So um, that was really, really special to read as well. So that was a really good one. Um, we're moving into, I guess, classical, classical literature now. So you guys know that I, I read all sorts of books. I do love autobiographies and I love, um, I do love getting my understanding of how to read classical literature even though it's quite tricky, um, you do have to, I believe anyway, my personal opinion, I believe that you do have to read a lot to be able to start diving into some classical literature because it's it, it's written in an older time and older, um, a different way sometimes. So it can be quite tricky to read um, 
if you're new at reading. So, but these ones, I believe actually all of them that I've got here, anyone can read, to be honest, because I, I found them so easy to read. So let's get into it. Um, classical literature. This one was, uh, this one's called Anna Karenina. So I believe this is a movie. I haven't watched it, but this is written from Leo Tolstoy. Tolstoy. So uh, I found this one beautifully uh, written, even though it's written by a Russian writer and usually Russian classical literature is very hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in my office right now next to my bookshelf and I can see Crime and Punishment and my bookmark is probably maybe on page five <laughs> and that's as far as I got. So obviously different topics, but uh, yeah, Russian lit is is very dense and obviously when it's when it's written in Russian and then translated, it's, it gets quite tricky as well. So, but this one actually, it was beautifully written. It was almost reading. Um, sometimes when I say it's beautifully written, I think of it just as art. Like a lot of it was just poetic and still tragic in some of the situations that happen, but I really loved it. I've heard a lot of people say they can't read it, but um, I think if you obviously go, so it's a very, very big um, book. This was on my Goodreads, this is my biggest book that I read. Um, so, but I think if you take your time with it, you just, I, yeah, I got lost in it and you just follow the characters um, and their experiences and get sort of shocked with what happens. But I, I just, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. So um, if you're wanting to dive into some classical literature, I highly recommend that one. Obviously it's a, it's a massive book. It's probably like 700 pages, but it's something that you can sort of pick up and and follow along. So I really highly recommend that one. The next one here is The Picture of Dorian Gray. So this is written by Oscar Wilde. And again, Oscar Wilde is, is kind of known for just being a beautiful writer. So I really like this one. Um, definite plot twist towards the end, which I, I kind of liked. I enjoyed. And um, yeah, I just found it really easy to 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 read so actually I might do a separate podcast on classical lit to read if you're new at reading so that might be helpful for people um, and the last one of my classic lit that I enjoyed last year was called A Room of One's Own by Virginia Woolf so this is a perfect example of finding unfortunately you have to when you're reading classical literature you do have to find books that you like within the writer so I read I believe it was um, the lighthouse and, uh, what was it? Mrs. Dalloway from Virginia Woolf last year. And I enjoyed them, but they weren't my favorite until I read uh, room of one's own. So it is different. It's not so much a fiction, um, story, but this one is actually an extended essay and a classical novel of feminism. So this was, I think a lecture that, um, Virginia Woolf participated in and uh, an extended essay that she wrote on uh, feminism and sort of back in the day how it was very important for her to write for people, especially women, to understand how important it is to have that financial freedom for creativity. So that comes with the title of A Woman Needs a Room of Her Own um, to have the space to actually think and create and I guess that independence as well so I, I I found this one beautiful it's so it's a really short book I think there might be 250 pages maybe uh actually 150 I think 
Um, but I, oh, I just love this. It, it's definitely, uh, you have to really pay attention when you're reading it, but I, I loved it. It was beautiful. So I really enjoyed that one, especially after reading some books of hers that I didn't particularly enjoy too much. Um, a little bit off topic. I, when I first started reading classical literature, I read, um, Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen and, um, to be honest, I, I'm not a really big fan of Jane Austen. I, again, I've only read one book of hers, but I have read other things just here and there, but I need to dive into some of the other ones. But I, if you guys know me, I do love, um, w- like the Bronte sisters. So my favorite is Jane Eyre and then I think it would go Wuthering Heights. But, um, I, I don't know. I think if you, it depends on what you like to read. So I think Jane Austen was very, much in the romantic side of um, her stories and it was I think it was good for the time she was very brave and bold for what she was writing Uh, but I do enjoy the reading something with a little bit more in depth of tragedy I guess in a way so um, and Jane Eyre is I guess more of an independent character and yeah, I just yeah. So that's my opinion on that. So you have to sort of find your your interest and in what you like to read. I do. I'm. I love Sylvia Plath. She's my favorite writer of all time. I believe that you do find your niche and then you just gravitate towards that. So that's why I like some classical lit and some I will just be like, okay, that's. I can understand why it's popular, but that's just not my opinion, um, or not my interest in a way. So. I really loved that book of Room of One's Own by Virginia Woolf. So that concludes the classical literature. And now we'll go into, I believe we have left some fiction, uh, historical fiction, and then some self-care-esque books. Um, So let's go into that now. So the first one I have on here is The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. So I... Uh, this one was written by John Boyne and I I didn't watch the movie actually when it came out. I think I was a bit younger, uh, but I probably still wouldn't watch the movie to be honest. Uh, I'm really glad that I got to read the book first and I'm one of those people that likes to read books before watching movies. <laughs> um, but I am glad that I read the book and I think it was really interesting because I've read a lot of uh, memoirs about the survivors of World War II, but this was the first book that I really read that was of a different perspective, a different storyline of what it was like for a young boy, uh, the son of an SS officer. And I really, I found it so beautiful of his, his innocence and it just shows, yeah, the only word I can come up with is just the innocence and curiosity of a young child who has no idea what's going on and how he can look from his window and see this um, massive um, barbed wire fence and all this sort of stuff and all the people in there. And it's so, in some ways, it's kind of beautiful how he is feeling like he's missing out because he sees all of these people. And obviously he meets this young boy who's on the other side of the fence and he all he wants to do is just be a part of it and see what it's all about. And he's confused because why do they all dress in you know all of these outfits and all that sort of stuff and it was just it was tragic obviously towards the end but I just I still found it really fascinating and interesting um again yeah tragic towards the end but also 
it makes the SS officer understand the reality of his quote-unquote job at that time. So I really, I really like that. So again, tragic, but important to read. So, um, and it's a shorter book as well, but I really, I really highly recommend that one as well. The next one is called The Dictionary of Lost Words. I think I've recommended this on an episode before, but it was one that I read last year that I really enjoyed. This one was called, uh, this one was uh, written by Pitt Williams, who is a, an Australian author, which is cool. Um, but it just follows the story of the men and women who helped write the Oxford English Dictionary. And it follows this uh, journey of uh, Esme, who is the daughter of um, one of the, her dad's one of the people that are helping write the Oxford Dictionary. And it goes through in that time period of the oppression of women and what they had to do to get by in a way because Esme's dealt with this experience and is sort of forced to follow what the right thing to do is. So um, I believe, and it was, yeah, it was beautiful towards the end. Still a little bit sad, but still really beautiful. It has a lot of meaning to it. So I really like that one. And obviously if you're a big reader, like it was just a beautiful, beautiful book. Um, the next one here is called Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. So this one is written by Tom Robbins. I think I mentioned this one in the same episode that I'm referring to. However, I really enjoyed it. It was a, it was very... Um, very, I guess, bizarrely written. I do like how Tom Robbins writes, even though I'm not particularly a reader of all of like a, a bizarre writers in a way. Um, I usually like something that I can understand and just follow through. But this one made me think a little bit and it made me giggle. And it was just like I was reading it and I was like, what did I just read? And uh, But it's beautiful. It, it kind of follows this journey of a free-spirited woman um, very much on – the side of, I guess, feminism, individuality, um, power to the woman, if you will. And um, it just, yeah, her her character is really um, built with that freedom. So um, she's actually born with an abnormality of really large thumbs. I know there's a book about, uh, sorry, a movie about this as well. And I didn't watch it a little bit when I was younger. I probably shouldn't have because it was not, I don't think it was very appropriate for my age, but um, there is a movie to it, but reading the book um, is obviously a different experience. So uh, basically this young girl has all been as abnorm- abnormally large thumbs who uses her abnormality to sort of hitchhike across America and it goes through the journey of who she meets, how she, um, I guess, finds love in a way, how she how she receives love in a way. So, um, and I, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So that was one that stuck with me just because it was bizarre in a way. So... Um, but I really did like that one. Uh, the next one is called The Midnight Library. So oh, if you love books, um, if you're a Rory Gilmore like me, I, I lo- you will love this. And I really loved it as well because it, um, it's written by Matt Haig. And it just it's one of those books that you just get lost in. And I, I read it really quickly too. So I really like that one. Another one here, so the last one for the fiction is called Before the Coffee Gets Cold. So I don't know how to pronounce the author for this book. I could have Googled it, but I'm just not going to try. But I'm sure you guys have read that before or seen it around. Um, It's been quite popular because the author has written a lot of different um, segments to this book. So, um, But I will have all the books linked in the description as well. So you can just copy and paste and Google it and figure out how to pronounce it yourself. Um, But yeah, Before the Coffee Gets Cold is um, kind of a 
a story of many different experiences in this cafe. So um, I think it was, I think it was really beautiful and it's sort of about time traveling and what you would do if you got a second chance at seeing people again or perhaps going back to certain situations that you would like to change. So um, that was a really nice, easy read. It was very cozy. It's one of those books that you can just read on a Saturday night um, if you are a nerd like me. So um, I think I read that one on a Friday night, to be honest. Um, and yeah, so that's for that's the rest of those ones for the fiction. And then the last little section here that I have is um, kind of health and wellness, if you will. So the first one is called Self-Care by um, Pooja Lakshmin. Lakshmin, I think is how you pronounce her name. Um, this was really interesting because obviously the self-care movement that's happened over the last few years has been great for people to understand how to look after themselves. Uh, but I think it gets taken into a different perspective. And this book really just hones down what self-care actually is, what it looks like, how it can be perceived as something easy, like going for a, a bubble bath, which is obviously still relaxing, but it talks about the the hard things that we have to do for self-care to remain well. So I really enjoyed that one because uh, I don't know if you guys know me by now, but I really like straightforward. It is how it is and sort of the harsh truth. So I really like that, especially writers that conflict with social media trends. I really like that because there's a truth in it um, as well. So it gets people to think on their own as well. So um, that was really good. The next one I read was actually the Happiness Trap Pocketbook. So this one I read um, to help me along with work. Uh, this one was written by Dr. Russ Harris and Bev As- Asbet, I think it's how I pronounce her name. And this was the, I think this is a book that I'm going to recommend to any client that I work with and anyone ever because it just really gives you an understanding of our thoughts and our emotions and our behavior and how they're connected and what to do with certain thoughts and how everyone experiences negative thoughts. And I believe that it was, yeah, it's just written beautifully. There's, it's sort of in a, it's a graphical novel. So there's a lot of uh, like, I guess, illustrations that help you understand what the book is about. So um, beautiful, easy read, the easiest read ever. But I think it's really important um, for anyone to read, really, because it can help a lot. So the next one is called Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. This was written by Emily and um, Amelia Nagoski. And this was really interesting as well. I I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Talks ins and outs of burnout, stress and anxiety, how to combat burnout, what it actually is, because I know that word can get thrown out when we're, you know, a lot of these terms getting and get thrown out into social media and people might not understand what real burnout looks like so there's a big difference between being tired and burnt out um especially if you work in mental health or you're dealing with a lot of stress there's a lot that goes into burnout and also it's very important that we combat that and understand how to heal ourselves from it because it does take a while so um, that is really interesting. And the last one here I have is uh, Ikigai. So this one was written by Hector Garcia. So I think a lot of people might have seen this around as well. Uh, but it talks about the different, uh, I think it's based on the acceptance and commitment therapy. And it's basically living your life according to your values. So this was a really beautiful and easy read as well. So I think that could really help anyone understand what they like, what they don't like, how to live a 
a beautiful life, if you will, um, filled with a lot of meaning and purpose and also um, sort of a lot of grace as well. So I really enjoyed that one as well. And the last book actually I'm going to mention is because it's a really cool experience that I wanted to share. So I got a um, Instagram message uh, a little while ago. I think it was on a few weeks ago and from this company called Affirm Press. So this is a um, a I guess publishing company who um, I think it's in Melbourne, which is cool because it's an Australian company and they uh, emailed, they messaged me a while ago about a new book that was coming out because uh, they saw that I reviewed the Tattooist of Auschwitz uh, as well as the Dictionary of Lost Words and. I believe they published those ones as well, so which is really cool. And so they saw that I I reviewed them and they wanted to send me a novel. And I was like, okay, well, maybe this is just a scam. So we'll see how it goes because you know how everything is nowadays. It's very hard to trust, I guess, especially with social media. But it seemed really legit and I, I um, looked into them and I was like, wow, this is cool. And they actually offered to send me a book that is not out yet and – if you guys know me, like that, this is the dream. If I know a lot of um, people who are YouTubers or Instagram people um, who like do a lot of makeup and receiving packages from companies that they really like or fashion, that would be the dream come true. This is my dream come true, receiving a book from a publishing company. So this is just the most coolest thing I've ever experienced. So I'm really grateful for this. And they asked me if I would like to receive a copy of this new book that's coming out. So this uh, historical fiction novel that's coming out is called The Star on the Grave. And I got it, I think I received it earlier this week and I've read it already because I was really excited because I, again, World War II, there's so many stories and I've read only really first-hand experiences from the writers who had gone uh, survived certain concentration camps so this one um, actually was really interesting to read because it talks about uh, a Jewish family who um, so this guy who actually helped save thousands of Jewish refugees during the Holocaust and it talks about how this family grew up sort of hiding that they were Jewish from um, the character, the main character in this book. And so there's only really the, the grandmother and the, um, the father. And then there's the daughter left in their family really, um, because her mom had passed away and she grew up, I think she's, she's quite young still, maybe in her twenties. And she grew up and didn't know that she was Jewish at all. So they, um, sort of hid that from her because of a lot of, uh, history that went on and they just wanted pr- to protect her because of the obviously the prejudice of becoming of being a Jewish um, person and they were just scared that she would get backlash and all that sort of stuff as well but it was a beautiful story of how she found out and then also going to Japan where this guy um, lived and basically got to understand what happened and got to thank him for helping her family out um, and through that tragic time. So it was just a beautiful, beautiful story to read. A little bit sad, obviously, but it was it was amazing and it was written so well. I love how she wrote it um, because there was a lot of things that were mentioned in the start that sort of came around and you just have those aha moments and just, yeah, I really appreciate that because that's obviously what writers do and I 
I couldn't do that. So I just, I, I really loved it. So, um, yeah, the star is the, st- the star on the grave. Yeah, the star on the grave, uh, written by Linda Margolin Royal. So this is actually, um, her story. So the, the writer's story. And, uh, I think it was, it was just awesome. It was beautiful. So, um, if you're wanting a book that's coming out soon, um, there is that one that you can absolutely get straight away. Um, and I think it comes out on the 30th of January. So in a few weeks time, but I, I really loved it and I thought it was really cool. And I was so grateful that I got to receive that book before it's even out because that is dream come true ticked off my bucket list. (laughs) So I, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I am excited for this year's reading list. I don't even know. I have a lot obviously to read and, um, I'm really excited to, to let you guys know towards the end of the year of the books that I did like. So, um, if you would like me to do any other episodes or if you want me to talk about a specific topic, I'm happy to do so. Just let me know on my Instagram. Um, but, for today that is the episode finished and I hope you all enjoy so I will catch you guys in my next episode bye guys (laughs) 